What's up, everybody? Good morning. Welcome back to the Run Your Mouth podcast. We're here with a quickie, focused episode. Not like some of the other episodes where, uh, you know, we waste a lot of your time with bullshit that you don't need. We, we do a lot of that on this show. We, we waste a lot of your time with absolute, complete, and total nonsense. But today, we're coming at you with a rapid-fire episode. We're going to cover some quick topics, and then we're going to get the fuck out of here. That's what we're going to do. Maybe actually go to the gym. You guys been to the gym recently? How many people are still uh, keeping your goals? I've made the mistake of I just lift shit at home now, and my cardio is bad, but I feel like I'm putting on some size, so maybe that's the trade-off, and my joints don't work, so whatever I'm doing is kind of working. Maybe. I don't know. I'm not a fitness uh, influencer or trainer, but you know what I am? I am a a Jew who travels a bunch. I'm basically a, an influencer, a, a Jewy travel complainy influencer. Uh, so let's get into some random topics. The first one I want to talk to you guys about are, um, you know, dilemmas of inside and uh, and aisle seats. Uh, not going to be honest. When I'm on a plane, I don't like sitting in a seat. I'm fidgety. I'm nervous. I like to pee a lot. That's what I do. I don't like to be on the plane. So I just drink a lot of water. And then I, I, I take a lot of bathroom breaks because you get to stand. I mean, you got to be in the bathroom and then sometimes you got to crowd the uh, the stewardesses area, but at least you don't have to be in your stupid seat. So that that that's that that's the nice thing about it. So I always make sure to get myself an aisle seat. I, I can't be on the inside seat. I can't be on an inside. I can't be on a middle. Um, that, 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 that's that's too much for me. God bless these other people who are willing to sit in non aisle seats. I don't know how you people do it. Yeah, but that that's the way the world works. We're all interested in different things. That's why there's some people out there wifing up with trans people that are fat. There's someone out there for everybody. That's what's that's what's sweet about the universe that we live in is that I can be all about an aisle. You can be all about the inside. And, uh, you know, that way we're not all fighting over all the same resources at all the same time. It's actually a, a working system in that regard. So anyways, I'm particular about, you know, making sure that I'm in uh, in the uh, in the aisle. On my plane, on my plane ride back from uh, St. Louis, I didn't make those arrangements, and I somehow ended up uh, with an inside seat. And I'm on an inside seat. I've been pounding water because I I forgot to check. I thought I had an aisle seat. You know, I woke up hungover in the morning. I'm pounding Gatorades. I'm pounding waters, and I'm like, I'm gonna be living that aisle seat lifestyle. I don't have to worry about bothering someone about using the bathroom because that's always the thing. You're there. You're like, do I even really need to pee? I've already bothered the guy. Can I wake him up again? How many times am I allowed to wake this guy up? Well, he chose the aisle seat. So if you chose the aisle seat, you got to be okay with being woken up. Well, maybe he didn't realize that when he, there are a lot of thoughts of fucking swirling your head. And I'm already like starting to have a panic attack. So I'm like, shit, I'm on the inside. And I was like, just relax. There might just be open seats. And then the biggest dude you've ever seen in your life, but not just the biggest dude. It was like a hell's angel guy who was probably like 50 and took the most amount of steroids. I mean, I, I guess it like, firstly, there's clearly like uh you got to be of like a certain height, I think, to get into the Hell's Angels or maybe be like a tiny crack. Th there were three of them on the plane and they each could have taken up their own aisle way. These were some big boys and they weren't like fat big boys. They were big boys like just doing all the steroids and trying to get cast as like the scary looking person in a prison movie. Like they were just big and the guy's got his Starbucks cup and he's spitting and it's like, oh, this, this is a dude like this is. I, so big guy, and he looks at me, and first he goes, man, these seats weren't, I, I don't know that he sounded like that, but he had a, he had like a raspy, manly voice. I don't know what the accent was. It wasn't much of an accent, but he was like, I, uh, these weren't made for big fellas. 
And then he just gets into the seat and he goes, I always feel bad for whoever's got to sit next to me. And then, you know, he just proceeds to take up most of my seat. It's shoulder size, spreading his legs. And of course, I look at him. I'm like, sir, as much as my seat as you need. You can practically consider my seat your seat. And if they come by with beverage, you're, you're entitled to my beverage. What Really, whatever you need, whatever I can make your stay sitting next to me more comfortable, I am here for you. And so he instantly uh, goes to sleep. And then I start uh, chewing on a nicotine toothpick because I already need a pee. And I'm like, I'm not sure at what point I, I get to wake the big fella up. Uh, and then I realized, you know, why don't stewardesses just let you take the open seats? Sometimes you're on planes and there's a lot of open seats. And then they could look at you being basically stuffed up against the boards. This was like a hockey game, like, but it was like a, a check the entire time. It was like, this guy's just checking me into the windows. Why can't one of these stewardess just be like, Hey, you know, I got 14 open seats over there. I got an open seat over there. Why don't you guys, you don't have to be cuddling up together. It doesn't look like you guys are a gay bear and bald, um, anti-Semitic, uh, uh, biker gang couple. So you guys don't have to be cuddled and you smushed against the glass window. And when I come by for with snacks later, you can, you can have your own snacks. You don't have to share it with the larger guy. But then the, the, I got lucky. The stewardess lady, finally, she came and she woke him up and I was like, as long as you're up, I wasn't going to do this. I was going to hold in my bladder, even though I really needed to pee and was nervous about taking out my laptop because I'd work that I wanted to get down on the flight, but you were taking up most of the space into my seat. And I was nervous that I might hit you. But then, so then I woke him up. I'm going to get him up. He, he made eyes with me. And then he's just like, I'm going to take that seat because they're open and the stewardess isn't going to wake me up. But why don't they just be like, hey, why don't even they just make that announcement? All right. The entire seat, uh, plane is uh, is seated. And if you're stuffed uncomfortably, uh, the following seats are open and you guys can fight amongst yourselves for them. And then we get built in entertainment. Maybe that's the way they can do it is they go, once we reach cruising altitude of 3000 feet, um, we have one open seat in first class and whoever would like to fight each other for that seat can, it can be like musical chairs. They can like play the music. Once the music starts, you can get it. First guy gets his ass into the seat, gets to keep the seat. They can do that for every open seat on the plane. If you go to the bathroom at that point, you just lost your seat. Now I look at the problems that I'm solving here. Airlines. I'm making your boring plane rides more exciting. I'm making use of your otherwise open inventory and then everyone gets to be more comfortable they don't have to be uh stuffed into seats all right another random topic but let's look people are people are flooding in we got classics we got roscoe man shows up to gigs with silver coins we got spud ruckus going no way window seats where it's at spud i, I invite you on the show you want to defend the window seat yeah, give, give me some more comments here i think the people like the window seats figure that they are uh better at not having to pee and so they'd rather be unbothered. They'd rather be able to look out the window. They'd rather know that they can uh, control the window. And then I guess they like that there's like a wall so that they feel like at least they know that no one can approach them from the wall side. I don't know. I'm, I'm putting out there, Spud Ruckus. If you want to defend aisle seats, you can send me an email. Robsnewsroom at gmail.com. I'll have you on a future episode. Or you're, you're welcome in the comment sections to... Uh, so let me know where you're coming from. All right, here's another random, and then uh, and then we'll uh, we'll we'll get into some news topics. No, two more randoms, then we'll uh, then we'll then we'll get into the news topics. Um, I bought myself a Berkeley water filter. It was 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 somewhat expensive purchase. I mean, relative. I think it was like two hundred bucks or so, and I got it because I got it. I stopped drinking my tap water. Uh, I, I'm gonna say like two months ago, and it was because it started tasting weird enough 
that I was like, I think I have to stop ignoring the fact that this tastes weird. And I was already like ignoring for a long time that it kind of had that cloudy thing some of the time. And I will say that since I've stopped drinking tap water, uh, maybe it's just all mental. Maybe I've made other improvements in my life or maybe fluoride actually is, has something in it that just keeps everyone calm keeps everyone calm and dehydrated where your body intuitively knows that it doesn't want that fluoride going through your system because it makes you lethargic. And so your body ends up drinking soda and other sugary beverages, or just generally speaking, being dehydrated because it doesn't want all that fucking fluoride running through its system, or you power through and you go, no, I'm going to be a healthy individual. I'm going to make sure to get my eight glasses of water a day. And then you wonder why you're taking naps in the afternoon and you don't have the focus. You're like, am I that old? Am I that old? All right. But the point I'm really getting at. So then at some point, uh, firstly, I mean, the, the, the water started tasting weird. And then not only did the water start tasting weird, something happened that I got like one of those spray hose things and the nozzle got stuck down. So I could only get water through that nozzle thing. I couldn't even get water through like the normal sink. And so I started just uh, buying myself a bottle of waters. Now, the problem with buying bottles of water, well, firstly, it's just a pain in the ass. You know, like I, I don't like living in my apartment like it's a hotel where I'm like, shit, I have to go out for water. Um, and we're, we're going to, I understand how insane I am as a person. We're going to get to that in a second. So I've been pounding bottles of water, but then you start getting nervous. Well, am I, am I consuming too much plastic from all the plastic in this water? And then you're also like, this is no way to live because every once in a while you run into a moment where you're like, fuck, I don't have any water. I got to go get a fucking bottle of water. So I was like, that's it. I can't be doing this. I got to go get myself uh, a filter system. And then at one point I bought like a Brita thing. It didn't fucking fit my sink. And then you're like, eh, the, the pictures get annoying. And then I, I I was at a fan's house for a show and they're like, I got this Berkeley thing. This thing's incredible. And I was like, all right, you know what? One stop shop, put this thing up on the counter, fill it up by water. I'm going to have water in my apartment. I'm going to be living that good, that good water life. And then I get the Berkeley filter and it's got just way too many instructions for what should be a simple contraption. This thing has way too many instructions. And if I'm already insane enough that I'm afraid of the water that's coming out of my faucet, do you guys really think I'm not going to be afraid of your instructions that includes chemicals that I got to add to the water the first time? I don't want to be at fault for my own. Like if someone else poisons me, at least they poison me. But I'm not good with instructions. Anytime I've ever built an Ikea shelf in my entire life, I got to deconstruct it and reconstruct it. Because at some point, I'm like, these directions don't make any sense. Then you just start winging it. And then you realize you figure out what the instructions actually were. But I don't want to be poisoning myself. I mean, what customers are actually buying the Berkeley water filter and then end up using the Berkeley water filter? I'm generally curious to know, because I feel like if you're a crazy enough individual that you don't want your sink water, who's that crazy, but is also willing to follow the instructions and not, not convince themselves that they're poisoning themselves because they uh, uh, constructed the filters in the wrong way and added too much of whatever the random liquid was. And then there's some secondary contraption, like a fucking cow's udders. You got to fucking work these utter plastic pieces and add it to even remove the fluoride. And so how much research do I got to do whether or not I'm getting the fluoride out of the water? Because I started having gay thoughts. I didn't want to talk about that aspect. No, that's not true. And I'm, I'm going to make it clear. That's not true. It's not true. This guy's gay, though. He wanted to put it right into the comments. Mike Fuss, letting everybody know. Uh, all right, let's take a couple comments here. Spud Ruckus, LOL, yes, all that. You at least have one side where no one is sitting and either trying to talk to you, invading your space, etc. cetera. Uh, Steven, just saying RYM forever, throwing it out there. Dark Chaz, talk to Dave about appearing on Viva Frey. We'll take one more from Spud Ruckus. I live in Idaho. It's pretty clean water. There you go. 
Uh, no, I, I I don't like the, the I find on the inside you're more trapped. And since you're trapped, people are more likely to talk to you. If you got the aisle, you can just kind of look away from them. Also, I'll, I'll stare out other people's windows. I know that that should be a thing that if you're on the, if you're on the inside, you get window access. And if you're on the outside, you don't get window access. But if things are cool enough looking, I'll look over people's shoulders. I'll, I will violate that uh, sacred right that only people on the window seats are supposed to be looking out the windows. All right. One more comment. Dirty Mike here. Think, hey, thanks for the free $100 gift of sheath. And window seats are at where it's at. Wow. We should take a poll. Hey, Spotify listeners, I'll put up the poll window seat or aisle seat. We'll see where you guys are coming from. I'm uh, I'm on aisle seat for life. I actually have that tattooed all over my back. Uh, Dirty Mike also, robsnewsmedia.gmail.com. Send us some pictures of uh, that sheath pole and let us know your area. You know, AOL rules, age, sex, location. We'll put it out there for the other fans and uh, maybe uh, some ladies will be impressed with your sheath pole and you'll get laid. All right, next random topic. And then I promise there are going to be a couple news things. Uh, I turned off uh, ads on my computer. Uh, I think I uh, probably whined and complained about this before on the show, but I get easily distracted. And I don't like uh, every once in a while, you just Google something that is too expensive for you. And then everywhere you go, it follows you around the internet. But it doesn't just follow you around in the internet. It goes, hey, you should buy. Like, it just keeps flashing up and getting larger. And it's dancing around on the screen. You're like, I'm trying to get work done. And this thing I can't afford is just mocking me. My entire life is now being spent being mocked by this item. Or I just wasn't ready to research it. Whatever the fuck your indecisiveness was. I don't want to be followed around the internet by moving images just because I was on your website once. You want to give me a stagnant ad? I don't care about a stagnant ad. You want to put yourself in the corner? Maybe I come back to your website? I'm okay with that. It's all the flashing and the moving. I'm, I'm trying to get work done. Can you imagine in real life, you passed a store, and then one of the sign guys just followed you around for the entire day? I should start doing that to whatever these ad companies are. I should figure out who the ad company is that built the software. That So anyways, at one point, I was like, I've had enough of this shit. And then I actually clicked through a whole bunch of things and then I was able to, I don't know what wormhole I went down on Google, but I was able to turn off customized ad reads. Now I still get ads like on the side, but they're no longer customized. And I was like, wow, this is way better because these non-customized, just generic ad reads are not with all these moving images, except now it's mostly for lingerie and kids items. So everywhere I go with my laptop, I look like a total creep. It always looks like I've just been looking up uh, baby items and uh, like high-end lingerie, which I'm used to people looking at me strangely for what I'm doing on a computer. When I was in Arizona, I had to leave my hotel room and I was working like the business office conference thing, whatever. And it was just like in the lobby, basically they had a closed off section surrounded by see-through glass with like computers there. And I'm sitting on my laptop and I was working on a joke for uh, end of year. And for this end of year, I was trying to find the perfect Nazi emblem from like modern day white nationalist websites for a joke. I'm, I'm doing joke research here. I'm trying to find the perfect image to match what I'm working on. But to everyone else who's just looking in the aisle, they're like, why is this guy looking up not modern day Nazi emblems? So I'm just saying, I'm used to people looking at me being like, what the fuck I once had? I was sitting on a plane ride. I'm sitting next to some lady. I spent two hours trying to figure out um, a Harvey Weinstein dick joke where I was drawing like dicks on Harvey Weinstein. So I'm used to people looking at me weird. But all right. I, I don't know where we're going with that. All right. Let's uh, let's get into some actual news topics. Let's start with uh, uh, M&M's uh, went gay or something. They went gay and then and then people complained. So they tried to go ungay. 
and then they realized that they needed more gay characters. I just think, who cares? Who's paying this much attention to the Eminem characters? But I, I guess what I'm more interested in is I'd love to do a documentary series on the marketing people who are actually making these decisions. Like, I would like to say what and you can probably just play to the ego. You could probably go, you're making very influential decisions for the rest of humanity. And you're trying to share this incredible agenda of inclusion for other individuals. I would love to document your lifestyle and see the way that you orchestrate your life, that you're making these decisions, because aren't you just fascinated by the other people that think that this is the most important thing and that not only is it the most important thing, but they're able to sell brands on the fact that their marketing dollars shouldn't just be going towards pushing a product, but it should also be going towards pushing this other agenda. And then who are they surrounded by that everyone goes for this? And then who is the person at like Mars Corporation who will use child labor, but still cares about uh, um, I, I, the, the gay stuff in this country, or they've been sold on the fact that they should care about gay stuff. And then they find out that they shouldn't care about gay stuff. You get these characters, commercials, you've been moving products for a long time. And then all of a sudden you're like, you know what? No more fun characters. I don't know how many people were complaining on Twitter that they were like, that's it. We're not doing any more fun commercials. We're just going to hire Maya Rudolph and we're going to be done with this. She's an unknown race and clearly a lady, maybe a lesbian. I'm pretty sure we're checking all the boxes. She's funny sometimes. I mean, she's good in some movies. I don't know. I'm not hating on Maya Rudolph, but I'm just saying that's it. Nothing creative or fun. We're going with safe choices and get me some safe people here. And I mean, they weren't that diverse where it was like the, yo, I'm a black Eminem. That's right. I don't know where I was going with that. Okay. Uh, yeah. The Eminem thing. That was big. What else we got on my list? Uh, you guys think DeMar Hamlin's pulling an Andy Kaufman? You get this guy who, uh, gets hit on the NFL field and now they got to pretend, Hey, NFL, that's never a violent sport. Cause you got one of two things. You got either, uh, playing in football is, uh, is dangerous. And, uh, Hey, maybe your kids shouldn't be playing the footballs. Maybe there's too much concussions. Maybe this thing's too violent. Maybe this thing shouldn't exist in our culture, or you've got that, uh, people were, uh, taking advantage of new technologies because they were trying to be mindful of other individuals and prevent infection as is the word of the CDC that you can prevent infection by taking advantage of new technologies and keeping the rest of your family in mind. Uh, both by not having to worry about infecting them, but also in your ability to continue to work your job and being able to provide for them. Because only people that care about their families take advantages of new technologies so that they can have the right and privilege to continue to show up to work and provide for their families. So one of two things happen. I mean, either you had a bad accident or uh, you had a problem with uh, this noble man who chose to take advantages of uh, new technologies. And so uh, they got to pretend to the best of their ability, like everything is completely and totally fine. And maybe it is completely and totally fine, but it does look like you're kind of pulling a Paul McCartney here where you're leaving little hints about the fact that maybe the guy's dead, taking his shoes off, or in this case, covering him up, filming him from weird angles, you basically had him in there like he was a stunt double in like a, a hood ninja movie. Get this guy covered head to toe, red colors, can't see the eyes, get him clapping from the back, clapping from the front. 
I mean, it makes no sense. Like, unless you're trying to pull a prank of trying to convince us that the guy's dead to keep this topic in our minds for some reasons, the fact that you're filming him but not letting us see him in any capacity was pretty fucking weird. All right, now let's comment on Scott Adams. I don't know about you guys, but I'm finding that the people who played an intellectual role who got the COVID thing wrong, I'm personally done with them. Scott Adams, I actually thought Scott Adams was a really interesting fellow. I enjoyed Dilbert as a kid, particularly the, uh, I think the Wally character. Um, And then I remember later on reading his articles in the Wall Street Journal. And I was like, oh, Scott. And he always had a very interesting and alternative perspective. And then I even read some of his books. He had an excellent book where he was an early predictor of the fact that Trump was going to get elected. And he's got a whole thing in there about like cognitive bias, uh, the way our brains work, things that you should be aware of in psych- general psychology. Really interesting guy with interesting analysis. Not that I followed everything he did, but if, you're, if I find something that you do interesting enough that I actually buy your book and then read the book, that's a pretty, uh, um, that's an, an endorsement as, as much as that's even worse for me, worth from me of holy shit. In my opinion, this guy has something very interesting and insightful to say. I don't know how, based on the other things I'd read from him, he had gotten COVID as wrong as he did. And I never actually picked a fight because I was never 100% on how wrong he got COVID. I feel like early on I saw him criticizing vaccine people. I was like, oh, that's surprising. I would have thought that you were more of the uh, independent thinker. I'm actually surprised that you're not seeing through this uh, based on the other things I've read from you on sales, marketing, and general psychology. Uh, But like that, I don't know. Individuals like that who managed to get the COVID thing wrong, particularly if they were loud about it, I like. I, I don't know how you kind of come back from that one, or at least for me, as as a person who once was a fan. Like, and there's other people that I'm just less interested in now because they got that one as wrong as they did. Uh, but I don't know. What are your guys' thoughts on that? What do you guys uh, thought? Like, should we let the people who got this one grossly wrong just turn around and like go? Like, do you trust their analysis on other? Well, we're all going to get things wrong. I'm going to get things wrong doing this. There's no question about it. You do this for enough years, you're going to get topics wrong. I guess it's how wrong you got them and how arrogant you were in your perspective of whether or not. And I'm not saying like you got to be shunned from society. I'm not saying we people should lock you up. I'm just saying, what, what do you guys think about people who are specifically in the field of uh, news or political analysis or other like or in that vertical who very arrogantly get things like this entirely wrong? Uh, all right, let's take a couple comments. We got hippie coming through. Agree. Good riddance. The people who got it so wrong. We all played the same level and they couldn't cut it. Um, all right. Next is we've got Ukraine is cleaning up corruption, which, uh, usually means someone solidifying their political power. Usually when someone goes, Oh, I'm like, I'm going to get rid of the opposing political parties. And now I'm going to clean up corruption here. Usually means that, uh, they're cleaning house a little bit. You know, they're looking around, they're making sure no one wants to take the throne and anyone who they think might be a threat to their, uh, to, to them being on top, you clean them out. You go, oh, that guy's corrupt because they're all corrupt. But now here's what's wild to me about the Ukrainian corruption story of all these headlines of Zelensky's cleaning up the corruption in Ukraine is you're also kind of admitting that there is corruption in Ukraine. And here we are, we're sending billions of dollars over to your country. 
And uh, uh, the people declined Rand Paul when he wanted to at least do some sort of an oversight. He's like, firstly, it's insane that we're sending all this money. But if we are going to send over all this money, can we at least get some oversight of it? Can we see where all this cash is going to be going? And everyone else was like, nope, 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 nope. Don't bring that up. That It's all going to the right place. It's going to be like those, uh, the PPE loans. I mean, even those were, were processed here within our own country and we accounted for all of that. You don't have to be worried about missing dollars. It's not like the Pentagon doesn't have perfect accounting of all the money that we're even spending over here. It's not like they don't have a perfect record. I mean, look at our, we're talking about military spending here. We're talking about arms. I mean, we're, you're nervous about presidents who might be leaving with uh, paperwork on our nuclear or other materials. So when it comes to the actual devices, when it comes to all this spending on the military equipment, you think we have anything other than a perfect record on this? So let's just take a step back. Let's understand when government processes money out, I mean, within our own country, we're perfect at this. None of it goes to waste. There's no fraud. We do a perfect job of vetting it. We make sure it goes to the right people. And then when you look at military spending within our country, we know where every dollar goes. We know where every piece of equipment is because we're perfect about this. So if we're going to send money to the other side of the world, you don't have to worry about it. All of that money is going to go into these people protecting themselves. You don't have to be worried about that money. But then Zelensky comes around and he fucks up and he goes, hey, you might have to worry. Well, we got some corruption here, but don't worry. I'm going to start cleaning it up. I know that you guys already sent me a lot of this money, but don't worry. We're, we're going to clean it up so that we can moving forward on the next batch. That's going to be his next claim. He's going to go, guys, I'm sorry. Lost a lot of the money. You, you sent it over and it was an emergency. So we didn't have time to clean house and for me to get rid of all my political opponents in the name of corruption. And sadly, those people stole a bunch of your money. But it, the, the, so we need even more now because they stole so much of it. But the, the money that you send us now, we'll make sure that that goes to the right place. We're not going to make that mistake twice. All right. Last random news topic, we got Mike Pence. He also apparently left with secret documents. Everybody's got secret documents. We got to start kicking in all these doors. That's what we got to do. Just start showing up to any single fucking uh, president's house. You kick in their door. Forget the presidents. Let's go after people in the Senate. Let's go after congressmen. Let's go after Supreme Court leakers. Let's just start showing up to houses. Start swatting them all. Get those fucking barricades. Hit open those doors. Start checking cabinets. Start checking people's bathrooms. Start checking under their sinks. They've all got documents. How fun is that? I mean, Mike Pence was standing around. And he goes, ah, shit. I probably have some stuff, too. I better go take a look. And so he starts taking a look. He calls up his lawyer. And he's like, you know what? You might as well just send all these boxes to that nervous librarian person. Let them go through it and let us know it's classified. All right. If all of these people are fucking up, sounds to me like you probably just don't have a working system in place. Because, I mean, you can only have so many things being true at the same time. So if you've got, hey, the smartest and brightest, the people that can lead our, lead, <laughs> lead our country are all saying that they accidentally fucked up. So then either the information that they fucked up about is not that important, shouldn't be that secretive, or all three of these people are complete and fucking more. It just sounds like you don't have a working system. Either none of these people are uh, um, uh, were accidental. Every single person that leaves office secretly leaves with paperwork that's supposed to be more classified, and they're either doing it just because they like having it, they want to sell the information. So there, there's a possibility they're all walking off with information that they're not supposed to have, or if they're all saying, oh, I didn't realize I did it, and they honestly didn't realize that they did it, then you clearly don't have a good system. Maybe maybe you need to have a better class for presidents, a mandatory class and how to deal with classified paper and other information. Uh, 
All right, that's enough on all those. Um, let's take a couple comments. Spud Ruckus, hell no, at don't trust them. They just get it wrong. They lied and tried to convince us. We didn't see the obvious truths right in front of us. Sonia Leaning, I will never trust the judgment of those who fell for the COVID story. Zach Z, with the people who were so wrong about COVID, I don't know exactly how they did in Germany or Japan after World War II, but it's probably be a similar process. All right, let's take a moment, thank our sponsors, make this show possible. First, you got Sheath Home. Well, no, your Kratom's home in the $60 Kalo. Your Delta is the place that you can go to to get gummies uh, and uh, vape pens that are going to get you super stoned. Do you like those vape pens? Nice and smooth. Hit them before I go to bed. And then, last but not least, sheathunderwear.com. Use promo code RYM. You get yourself 20% off. You get the greatest underwear that ever graced the balls of man. All right, let's hit a couple more news topics. What else to get here? I got other stuff. Oh, yeah. We got another news story. Every brand is getting rid of their mascots. Every brand's got to sit together, and they got to be like, listen, our mascots, they weren't inclusionary. Whatever. Everyone's got to sit down and make sure, hey, can anyone possibly have an issue with what we're doing here? And so apparently A&W... Uh, they realized that their mascot was uh, was was missing pants. You know what? Let's read let's read the official the official uh, statement here. America, let's talk. Since 1963, Rudy the Great Bear, great Rudy the Great Root Bear, has been our beloved spokesbear. We knew people would notice because he's literally a six foot tall bear wearing an orange sweater. But now we get it. Even a mascot's lack of pants can be polarizing. So are they saying that this bear can't be gender neutral? Is that what they're saying? Is, 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 are these people actively, the A&W root beer people, taking a stance against gender neutrality and now saying that the bear must clearly be a male or female and so therefore he needs to have pants on so that, you, so that you're not left to, because if anything, this is the most inclusionary mascot of all time. He's saying a bear could have no genitalia whatsoever and that you can envision him as being a male, female, uh, 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 I, I don't know. It could be, it could have been anything, but now you're taking a firm stance and saying that clearly the, the, if he's a bear, there would have to be genitalia there. And if there's going to have to be genitalia there, he's going to have to wear pants. Or are you saying that you've been having a bear exposing himself to kids in your restaurants for the last 60 or 70 years and people should be going to jail for, for, for bear exposure? Is that what you're trying to say? Are you, have you guys, are you admitting to the fact that by having a bear without pants, you've been sexualizing kids for the last couple of years. And how great is this that they actually sat around and they're like, hey, listen, we're going to have to make a pants announcement. It seems to me like some people in marketing are spending way too much time on Twitter that they're being trolled where I guess people were like getting upset. You know what? Can we start a run your mouth troll community? I'll come on here and I'll say that we're going to start making like fake accounts and we'll start blasting random companies over things that are complete and total nonsense. And we'll see how far we can take it. We can see how much of these companies time we can waste on things that are not problems in society, but convince them. We, we, hopefully we can have companies spend countless hours at board meetings, trying to address our ridiculous concerns that don't even exist. I mean, these people actually took the time to address the fact that the bear didn't have pants and then decided that they had to, I mean, I'd like to see this guy on the news. Is he going to be on the news tonight addressing the no pants scandal? Really, because I, I mean, it's 60 years. We had to look at a bear that I didn't even know existed. I didn't even know this company existed. I didn't even know they had a mascot. But now I'm aware of the fact that they're uh, making sure that we all know that they realize that the thing was supposed to have pants. 
Let's continue. Therefore, we have decided that Rudy will wear jeans going forward. Not to worry, though, he will remain our official spokesbearer. After all, he is unbearably cute and impossible to replace. We are confident Rudy will continue to champion good food and good times for many years to come now in Denim. And frankly, I look at this post in your big fat bear and I see it both as fat phobic and pro-diabetes at the same time. So I don't know quite which side I'm more offended for. The fat people that you're encouraging or the fat people that you're shaming or just your generally pro-diabetic stance towards uh, minorities. But no matter what, I'm outraged. All right. And now we're probably going to have to spend the rest of the episode on this one. Uh, but this was a New York Post article. Headline is, I'm dating a 23-year-old woman who looks like an 8-year-old girl and I'm not a creep. Maybe not a creep, but you did win the pedophile lottery. I'm sure that there are other people who are now looking at this article who are like so inspired. I mean, this is what this is the story you should be telling people is, hey, listen, instead of being a creep, you might be able to find one person with a genetic disorder that they actually look like the exact thing that you're looking for. So you can but you might still not hold out hope because this guy's incredibly handsome for someone who's really into kids. So even in that market, even in the market of, oh, my God, I found someone with a genetic disability that she's not what most people would find attractive, there's still going to be a more attractive dude out there that beats you to that piece of little kid pie. Um, all right. And so he comes out and he tries to say, listen, I'm not a creep, but his public statement should just be, yo, this shit is fucking tight. I mean, yeah, it's a little weird, but let me just tell you. All right. And so, um, oh, and before we make other horrible, creepy jokes, I think the moral of the story is uh, if you're on TV, people will sleep with you. It goes both ways. Doesn't doesn't make that's not just being like a fat, goofy looking dude. It's just if you can't get late in life, what you need is to somehow have an interesting enough disability that some producer will take advantage of you. Except it's not really taking advantage. They're just putting you on TV, making you famous, paying you some money. And then all of a sudden, when you might have otherwise been living a stranger lifestyle. Although the producers on this show, they got to be pedophiles. I mean, they got to be pedophiles like um. And this lady can make money without being on television, because what I would do if I was her is I would go on dates with pedophiles and then I would tell them afterwards, hey, I'm actually just 12, even though you're not. This would be the scam. And then I blackmail them for a lot of money that I think that. And then not only you blackmail them for a lot of money, then you can still out them to the cops and then you get their money and you get rid of the pedophiles. You could become like a pedophile Batman. Why are you wasting your time? with some weird reality TV show when you could become pedophile Batman. That even sounds like a pretty good name right there. Why don't they make that the new show? All right. So I went to watch the show to watch more jokes, uh, write more jokes. And I, I couldn't, I was a little bit too creeped out by it. And I was mentally like trying to figure out like why I was so creeped out by it. And, uh, I get it. it like in the Andy Milanaka show, I kind of like that one was on TV. That was kind of the inverse of this one, but this is a little bit younger, but I guess what, what makes it weird. And it's something that, I mean, this one's, this is just fucking weird. Everyone just uh, buckle in. We're in weird territory right now. And I, I didn't, I didn't write the New York post. I didn't make this TV show. I didn't write the article about it. I didn't tweet it at me. So I didn't originate any of these, the, the, any of these weird things. I just had to look at it and then go, why is this uncomfortable to look at? And I do think it somewhat falls into the storyline that we've seen quite a bit of, of sexualizing things that shouldn't be sexualized and normalizing things that somewhat shouldn't be normalized. 
And so in this case, you found the situation where I guess it's somewhat normalized to sexualize this individual because they're actually not a kid, even though they look at a kid. Like you almost start thinking like, well, maybe I guess it's not age. It should be like a height and weight thing. It should be a development thing. I'm not saying I found this lady attractive. I did not. But what I'm saying is that the fact that you even look at it with the eyes of could this be attractive, which is not even something that you would think in regards to a kid, starts somewhat normalizing it. And so if the show is about this individual dating, which I, I, I get the interest in it. I mean, I even watched we all watched Hoarders for a little bit or you watch that show with like the alcoholics for a little bit. Like there is something to the reality TV show trash genre of seeing people with uh, with hardship and like it's cross category and it's not something I never like got really into the shows people got like, but it is something like if you're just channel surfing, you'll stop and be like, oh, this is kind of weird. And so, but this is like, I don't know, there's something about it that seems orchestrated where it's, where the exact angle is kind of, nor, you know, in a way, it's not normalizing, but it's having you think about something that you wouldn't normally think about because it's overly inappropriate. Leave it at that. All right. Let's get into our last and next topic. George Soros urged use of Eastern European soldiers to reduce the risk of body bags for NATO countries in New World Order article. This was in Zero Hedge. There's only one piece of this that I thought was uh, interesting and worth seeing. He's got a whole thing about how a uh, uh, long time ago, George Soros essentially predicted that Western uh, countries, we don't like death, we don't like war, but that there's certain areas of the world where they seem to uh, be more comfortable with fellow people dying. And so those would be better pawns in the war game because you're not going to end as a, end up with as much uh, outrage uh, or, you know, calls for basically less death and immediately ending the wars. This is what I found so surprising were the actual figures of um, death in Ukraine. Um, did I, I, oh no, yeah, this is, sorry. This is a, this is a doctored image, and that's why I was confused. At the top half was I was screenshotting what the article was, and then the bottom half is later in the article. So this is not a clean picture replication. But here was the one thing that I think was worth everybody seeing. Here we go. As Soros predicted, Ukrainian society appears to be tolerating the high death toll in its current conflict with Russia. During the Vietnam War, the U.S. lost fifty-eight thousand two hundred and twenty over the course of approximately ten years. And yet the war saw strong opposition from the American public. Despite a far higher death toll in a far shorter period of time, Ukrainian society has seen little in terms of protests. And I have to double check this figures, but according to Zero Hedge, there's already been more death, Ukrainian deaths than American soldiers that died in Vietnam. That sounds astronomical to me. Uh, and if that's true as well, I guess that gives a little bit to, of perspective to just how gross the American efforts are in have, having a war in that region, uh, backpedaling from uh, negotiating and giving the Ukrainians more supplies so that they will stay in the fight as opposed to resolving it. All right. Uh, these were two other quick stories that we'll highlight. You see, I got to be less like, hey, I need to plan out full episodes. We've already done uh, 40 minutes. We could just be ra rapid fire and frantic. I don't think you guys care. Josh Hawley, who amongst all the Senate Republicans strikes me as the most presidential. That's not me saying that I like the guy. That's not me saying that uh, DeSantis wouldn't have better odds of winning. 
I'm just saying if I look at all the cast of characters, I'm just throwing out a name and a prediction. Not saying he's going to run. I'm just saying that uh, to me, from a purely television perspective, and just a guy kind of having a bit of an even keelness to him, a little bit of uh, just uh, uh, intelligence and an ability to showcase why other people are dumb. Uh, from a purely TV perspective, I think that this guy is a bit of a winner. Got a lot of goofballs out there. Sure, I wouldn't agree with him on war stuff. I'm sure if he got in there, he'd be bad as everyone else. I'm just talking about the spectacle of television, of who do I think can actually be persuasive and not come off like a fucking goofball. And I'm telling you that this guy's one of the better players. And this was a particularly funny move. Here we go. Senator Josh Hawley uh, wants to bar lawmakers and their spouses from owning and trading stocks while in office by proposing the Pelosi Act, the bill whose title is Preventing Elected Leaders from Owning Securities and Investments, i.e. the Pelosi Act, takes a dig at its namesake former House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. For too long, politicians in Washington have taken advantage of the economic system. They write the rules for turning profits from themselves at the expense of the American people. It's great. I mean, firstly, I, I agree with this, that they probably shouldn't be allowed to trade. I actually think that's probably why Pelosi was like, you know what? I'm getting the fuck out of here. I can see that they're going to clamp down on this and I don't need everyone taking a look at uh, at uh, where I made all my money. I, I, I'm going to cash out and get the fuck out of here. Uh, but that's particularly funny. All right. And then here, this was uh, maybe Dookie's finest moment yet. So let's give a listen to this and we'll call it an episode. When you found out that the FBI had located even more classified materials in Wilmington, which four-letter word did you use? <laughs> oh, my goodness, Peter. Um, <laughs> that is perfection. That is perfection. I don't know. if Maybe if the sound didn't play, Dookie just said, uh, it doesn't even really need much commentary. But I'm already talking, so why not? He says... Uh, I think the sound played probably don't have to repeat it, but he basically, uh, he says when you guys found out that there were more documents in Biden's house, which four letter word did you use? And she can't help but laugh because that's the question that forces her to go. Yeah. Yeah. That sucks. It's, it doesn't make us look good. It doesn't that that's not, that's not a good look for us. So good for Dookie. Dookie's getting better at this. You know, usually he just comes at them and he gives them an opportunity to answer this one. He just laid it out in a way where she's just like, ah, fuck you got me. All right, that is our episode. Thank you for hanging out. Uh, probably back on Friday with another one. Maybe not because we're going to be doing the live one from Maryland. People, if you're out there, Perryville, Maryland, myself and Davey Smith this Saturday night, stand-up show followed by a live podcast. Those are separate tickets. It's at the Fifth Company Brewing. Delicious food over there. I've eaten their brisket. I've eaten their wings. I've drinking their beers. Got a wall of beers. It's going to be a fun time. Come hang out. And then I believe the weekend after that, we're in Dallas. Weekend after that, or no, weekend after that, I'm with Justin Silver in Fairfield, Connecticut. If you're in Connecticut, that's going to be a fun time. I'm featuring, he's headlining. Justin Silver's hilarious. Love watching his stuff. And then I'm in Dallas with Dave Smith. More tour dates coming at you. And that is our episode. Have a great day. Catch you Friday, Saturday, or whenever we do the next one. All right, that's it. We're done.